0: Hi and welcome to Faculty Focus, a podcast supporting the clinical education community in Leicester. We bring you educator CPD, showcase new initiatives, and shine a light on some of the faculty behind it all. Okay, well, hello everybody, and um, welcome to the Faculty Focus podcast. Today we're going to be doing an interview uh, episode, um, and today I've got someone who is involved quite a bit with the undergraduate side of things at UHL. We've got Chandra Ari um, and uh, well actually Chandra, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you
1: are and what roles you have uh, in the Trust and Education. Well, thanks very much and thanks for the invite, Andy. So essentially, I'm a consultant respiratory physician at Glenfield Hospital and I have a special interest in cystic fibrosis and bronchiectasis. I'm also currently UHL Senior Undergraduate Education Lead, uh, as well as the Respiratory Medicine Undergraduate co Lead. And I also have a role with Leicester Medical School as an academic lead for medical specialties across the curriculum. Um, By the time this is broadcast, um, I will probably be taking up a a new role, which I've recently been appointed to, which is with Leicester Medical School as their Phase 2 Director of Clinical Studies. I was just, Okay, that's uh, certainly a very full plate <laughs> chandra. Um,
0: I'm sure not all of it came all at once uh, and sort of just landed on your on uh, on your sort of desk, if you like. But but a lot of our listeners might be interested to know, um, you know, particularly those who are starting off on their education journey, um, kind of how you got to where you are and all those kind of roles that you've you've ended up taking on. So um, I, I wanted you could sort of tell us where it all started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, in fact, I would sort of probably go back to, you know, my interest in education, which started even as a medical student. And I think really, for me, one of the, the things that stood out and hopefully still stands out is that I I perceived when I was an undergraduate that the, the great teachers were also great clinicians. And I think that that was something which has really got me into sort of medical education in the first place. And I think also, you know, I I was lucky enough to do my undergraduate elective at Harvard Medical School um, and actually, you know, seeing some of the innovation and the culture of learning um, that they had there for their undergraduates and in the clinical placements was really impressive. And that's something which has never really left me. So, you know, obviously, as a doctor in training, I was also involved in teaching students, which I, you know, really enjoyed doing. And I was particularly proud as a registrar to be sort of nominated as being one of the excellent tutors uh, in, in the undergraduate arena locally. And again, that gave me some further, you know, inspiration to, to really carry on with what I was doing as I, as I moved into being a consultant. And, you know, I think my more formal roles came as a consultant. So, you know, for the past nine years, um, I've held you know, a variety of undergraduate leadership roles initially I started out as the um, cardiorespiratory block lead when we had the old curriculum in Leicester Medical School um, uh, and again that's a role which was you know really um, sort of satisfying uh, you know sort of having a lot of involvement with um, education leadership but you know actually a lot of education teaching delivery both in, in sort of seminar format but also you know on, on the wards as well and that's something which you know really i think set me up uh and and i think as a result of you know um you know doing doing relatively well in 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 that role i was given the opportunity to then progress uh, and then as we moved into sort of the new curriculum with Leicester Medical School, um, the, the cardiorespiratory block sort of evolved and merged as part of medicine overall. So I had the opportunity to become the medicine lead, um, both at UHL but also within Leicester Medical School for, for undergraduate training. Um, and then and then, you know, more recently, um, just over a year ago, I was um given the opportunity to step up. Um, To be UHL senior undergraduate education lead, so all 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 these things come have come in a stepwise uh, approach, and I think really my advice to anyone who is is interested in in undergraduate or postgraduate medical education is just to just to get involved. You know, you know what may seem like a very basic level to start with, such as just getting involved with things like bedside teaching or, you know, getting involved with our faculty focus programme, you know, it can lead to other things. And I think, like I said, I think having that sort of feeling that, you know, if you're a good teacher, you are a good role model to others. And I think that's that's the sort of thing which we'd encourage everyone to get involved with going forwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it's certainly, well, it'd be interesting to know your, your sort of experience, but um, it feels like once you get over the the first kind of hurdle and and your name becomes sort of associated with things education if you like then then stuff starts to be a bit like those roles start to come a little bit easier or maybe you you're sort of cited to them is that, is that something did you find you had to work quite hard to get to that point first or were they you know just-
1: yeah i think you're right i mean, i think um you know often get approached by, um, you know, senior registrars, particularly, or, um, you know, newly starting consultants uh, who are, are interested in getting involved in in, in roles. And sometimes there's a perception that, you know, they need to sort of essentially have something in their job plan and be well-defined and well-ring-fenced to start doing something. But actually, I think, I think sometimes you do need to sort of, you know, um, lay down your mark and, you know, if 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 you're not established in a particular area, um, then you may need to just try and get involved, even if it's just like I said, at sort of a very rudimentary st- stage, or you know, even offering you know half an hour, an hour a week, or even you know whatever you can really in terms of however your job plan uh, works. You know, and I think that's important at all stages of training whether you're a more junior uh doctor or or even an established consultant I think sometimes you know you've just got to get involved if you if you if you want to sort of uh, move things in the right direction in terms of your own interests and career
0: yeah yeah absolutely and and you've obviously had a lot of these roles and your journeys being very incredibly varied I wonder if you a lot of us have role models and people we look to um you know whether it's clinical or in the education world do you, were there any people that sort of stood out that were Role models for you, people you wanted to kind of take take those behaviours and attitudes on board.
1: Or... Yeah, well, I, I'm very fortunate. Like I work with you know really current you know you know excellent group of um, you know clinicians and educators, and I'm really fortunate to to be in, in in this environment that we are at the moment. But I think going back, I mean, I think my the first role model was really when I was a sort of first year medical student um, in St. Andrews Medical School, uh, and you know our, our anatomy teacher was. Was just wonderful. She was, you know, so um, sort of patient with all of us, but you know, recognizing that you know that we'd, we'd sort of had that big transition from going to to school into university, and and she was so supportive and also, you know, an amazing teacher. And I think looking back, I, I would have really liked to have had her teach me more throughout the whole of the undergraduate course. Uh, and then also, you know, as a sort of more senior medical student, um, I was lucky enough to have a, a vascular surgical placement in in Manchester. And actually, one of the registrars there was outstanding and and really, you know, again, you know, took his time, you know, went out of his way to take us to see patients, uh, to explain, you know, what he was doing in theatre. Um, but also, you know, to sort of set some time aside in the week to actually do some um, knowledge-based um, development as well, which, which was was really fantastic. And again, you know, I think he was a, an excellent clinician, uh, you know, probably partly because of his real interest in, in being an inspiring and excellent teacher as well. Uh, and then, you know, when it came to Leicester 20 years ago, um, or just over 20 years ago to start my core medical training, um, you know, I was really inspired by um, two, two physicians at the time, Professor Thurston, and Dr. Lower, both now retired clinicians, but they were outstanding, you know, educators and really supportive, um, you know, to try and get people involved uh, and really inclusive in the way that they they sort of, um, you know, behave. So those are the kind of people I think, you know, who've really inspired me. And I hope that I can, you know, sort of try and continue to inspire others uh, like they did to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I thought a lot of people have those sort of role models and are trying to sort of take on the sort of key qualities that they have and um, yeah it's really important to to have those people around you um, in, in your development um just um thinking about some of the some of the positions that you you had that you mentioned at the beginning there um thinking about some of the education work what are the kind of big projects now that that you're dealing with um you know what are you more focused on and, and Perhaps some of the challenges that that go with with one or two of those.
1: Well, I think you know, in my roles, the primary, primarily for sort of education, uh, leadership, edu- education quality, and and development of of our students as well as our our, our educating faculty. So th- those are really, in summary, the key things which I'm I'm sort of continuing to focus on. I think at the moment, you know, really a lot of work is going on in terms of quality assurance. So we work closely with. Uh, in the Department of Clinical Education at UHR and also the, the Leicester Medical School Phase Two team in particular really trying to make sure that the the quality of our placements for our students you know is 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 excellent um, or if there are any deficient areas really focusing on on how how we can improve on that um, you know the, there are lots of sort of innovation as well in teaching which which is which is important I'm really keen to support those so for example. You know we've had a lot of development with with our live patient streaming recently um both in undergraduate medicine but also now in surgery as well which I think is really helping to complement our students um you know live patient facing experience um and and you know I think also you know one key thing which is really important um is of course the well-being and welfare of all of our trainees but also you know of all of our colleagues and you know educators as well. And I think that's something which, you know, is, has been apparent to all of us and really highlighted to all of us uh, as a result of the pandemic. And, you know, there's, a, there's been a lot of focus on on those aspects, which, you know, I, I'm very keen to to continue to develop and support as, as we move forwards. And one sort of example of that is a recent uh, quality improvement program that we've done at Glenfield Hospital, which was called the Undergraduate uh, Teaching Liaison Associate Program, which essentially was was trying to sort of empower our um, doctors in training a bit more to actually be sort of more of a liaison um, type uh, role with our students when they were starting new placements. So, you know, simple things that you might take for granted, but, you know, essentially like showing students where to go, you know, where where they can have the breaks, you know, it's sort of reinforcing timetables, which have already been sort of put through, reinforcing you know, key learning objectives and, and outcomes, uh for, for, for students to achieve in in that particular part of the, the curriculum and signpost them to the you know the, the good patients really to sort of see for their learning development. So again, that's something which you know maybe sort of sometimes taken for granted, but simple things like that can really make a difference. And I think sometimes going back to some basic approaches like that rather than just always assuming that we need high-tech innovation. Um, I think, you know, we need this sort of balanced approach. So, so you know, th- that seems to be working well. And of course, the work that, you know, you and I and other colleagues have been doing with the Faculty Focus Programme, I think has been excellent. And that's something which, you know, we're very excited and proud to be a part of. I think in terms of challenges, I mean, I think um, there are some generic challenges, I think, to working the nhs and any, any education institution at the moment which include things like uh you know finite resources trying to optimize how you use funding that comes in so that it's equitably um distributed um you know still getting lots of requests from you know understandably from different educators to provide x y and z but again you sometimes have to balance you know the the overall picture and and of course you know there's the sort of the finite resource of space that we all have um which is a challenge for both our clinical um you know sort of activities but also education in general i think maybe more specifically um you know the most recent and pressing challenge is in relation to undergraduate education, it is really um the rising number of students that we will have on placements, um, you know, going into next academic year. So lots of work going on behind the scenes to try and ensure that whilst we have increasing student numbers in our clinical environments, we still maintain you know high quality education.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned the the sort of uh, the balance between you know doing things innovatively and actually still delivering the volume of of training that. Or education that's needed, um, because it's it's really tempting to sort of go down that innovation, the technology side of things, um, and that's fine provided it can sort of link in or align with with all the other activities that are are ongoing. So, yeah, constant battle, Um, and it's you know it's really it's it's not the thing you want to do when someone comes with an innovative idea to sort of say, well, you know, we can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. It's it's a real shame, isn't it? So, yeah, Yeah. incredibly difficult balancing act to uh, to do. Um, right. Okay. So we're going to come to the, uh, a slightly more, um, insightful part of the podcast. It's called Who Are You? Um, and, uh, we've got an incredibly well, um, it's a highly validated method. Uh, we're going to run through. And it's called the quickfire round. Um, and it's just to give us a little bit of an insight into some of your preferences and sort of where you are with these issues. So um, I've got 15 questions and it's, uh, quickfire. So I just need you to tell me which one you prefer, you feel more aligned with, um, and then we'll discuss at the end. Okay, are you ready?
1: Okay, yeah, let's go.
0: Okay, right, okay, here we go. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Pen or pencil? Pencil. Uh, Line paper or plain paper? Plain paper. Plain paper. Hot or cold? Hot. Email, phone call? Phone call. Uh, Two wheels, four wheels? Four wheels. Think or do? Do. Sun or snow? Sun. Sun. Okay. Uh, Shower, bath? Shower. Rugby or football? Rugby. Uh, Test cricket or 2020? Test cricket. Uh, Succeed or fail? Oh, succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do as I say, do as I do. Do as I do. Uh, Learning or teaching?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I think, yeah, teaching. Got to go teaching.
0: Okay. Um, Plan ahead or day before?
1: Plan ahead.
0: Plan ahead. Yeah. That's a very sensible answer there. Very interesting responses there. Um, Succeed instead of fail, do as I do. Yeah, I think I knew the kind of rugby football one. Um, Yeah. So. So, so, insights there. Um, what, uh, what, so what sort of person do you see yourself as? Then, um, you know, I don't know if you've, you've probably done lots of these Myers Briggs type of things and personality types. Um, certainly, the, the higher up in the leadership world you go, you you tend to sort of come across these things. So, um, what sort of characteristics
1: do you think, um, sort of sum you up? I think I think I've actually changed a lot, which I think is a, an important thing to highlight because I, th- I think sometimes we don't recognise at different stages of of life. You know, you you I guess your your sort of innate personalities very very similar, but actually certain traits can can evolve quite a bit. So, I, for example, I thought I was a very introverted type of character when I was younger, particularly as a sort of teenager and moving into medical school, but actually. You know, now I sort of, you know, feel very com- comfortable in a social situation and, you know, sort of in a work situation, trying to sort of be somebody who will will bring everyone else together into the conversation. So I think, I think I, I sort of feel like um I, I try to be an inclusive person. Um, you know, I, I don't like working with lots of hierarchies and barriers. I think, you know, making sure that other people are heard and, uh, you know, involved. So, so I, I like to think I'm a team player. Um, you know, I, I guess I've got some evidence for that from my, uh, you know, MSF or things like that. So, but, you know, I think those are sort of the key things. And I, 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 you know, I always sort of pride myself on trying to be compassionate and empathetic. And I think I always have been um, from a young stage in life. But I think, yeah, it's an interesting point. I think, I, I think you know, my, Myers Briggs um sort of for example would would have would have actually would actually change you know if you know over, over time
0: yeah yeah no it's interesting isn't it? it it does feel that you know um sort of confidence plays a lot of a sort of a big role in how you sort of come across and how you conduct yourself in yeah. whichever environment that is isn't it so yeah if you if you are kind of starting out in your career you do feel a little bit more introverted for sure um and, and so how do you um how do you sort of balance a lot of the work that you're doing how do you sort of what
1: you do in your downtime do you have any sort of hobbies or uh, activities you'd like to yeah so really just spending time with the family i've got two two kids um who are 13 and 11 at the moment so uh, you know again um we just try and do sort of family stuff try and get outdoors as much as possible when the weather permits at uh, the weekends um also you know do try and watch quite a bit of rugby. Um, you know, pretty passionate about watching that. Sort of got obviously links to watching Leicester Tigers, but also from w- where I'm from originally Glasgow Warriors. And um depressingly at the moment, the Scottish rugby team as well. Um so I also enjoy playing my electric guitar as well. So you know that those are the things that I try and uh sort of do to, when I want to get some spare time.
0: Oh, that's great. That's a really eclectic mix there. Yeah. No, lovely. Um and put um, some so thinking about um, the work that you are involved with. Um, what, are there any, I, I suppose you've alluded to some of it already, but are there any particular aspects that you really enjoy, that you really like about that work? And, and conversely, are there any things that you really dislike about it?
1: Well, I, th- I think I, I, I do feel lucky. Um, and I, I do feel that, you know, I've been able to, with, with some hard work as well over the last decade, sort of evolve my job plan. To you know something that I I really you know I, I feel that like I've got a good balance with to sort of promote my my main interests. So I think I've I've got a, you know I think I've got a good balance now between my education roles versus my clinical work as well. Uh, I still really enjoy you know obviously training um, our postgraduate you know doctors in training as well as our undergraduates. So, you know find that very satisfying, particularly spending a lot of time with our. Our registrars and our clinical trainees and our foundation doctors, and helping with their progress as well. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm really grateful. I think I've mentioned already. I think I, I, I do work in a department. Um, you know, with with really some outstanding uh, clinicians and academics. Um, you know, as well as you know, uh, colleagues across the education front. Um, you know, both at UHL and uh, the medical school.
0: Yeah, sure. And how is, um, so one of the things that's a big topic in UHL is the the reconfiguration that we're, we're kind of undergoing. Is that, has that really affected you? And is that, um, something that a lot of yourself and your work colleagues are talking about? And do you sort of see it as an opportunity or as a big
1: stressor in, in your day to day activities? Yeah, I think there's always opportunities with with this kind of these kind of big projects. I think I think obviously clearly it's impacting you know on on a, on the department of respiratory medicine, um, you know being being a um, one of the sort of key specialties at, at Glenfield where you know a lot of the the, the changes are happening, um, you know, and I, I think things like sort of you know wards um, sort of sometimes moving from different areas to a- different areas. So, for example, in the pandemic, we um, you know, identified actually that we needed, you know, the best ventilated uh, ward, which made sense to host our severe respiratory infection patients, and and actually that wasn't a respiratory base ward initially. That was something which was custom built for one of the newer services to come across to, or sorry not not new, when one of the established services to to move across from other other sites, and obviously now you know they're looking to to reclaim the area that you know essentially was. In fairness, th- you know what what, what they've been planning for for some time. So, I think that that's something which is, is is going to be a challenge. I think going going into sort of you know winters for our department, like every department in the NHS, is, is a challenge. But particularly when you know we we um, are mindful and more um, you know aware of the the problems with respiratory viruses, particularly. And I think you know going into the future winters. I think that's going to be the ongoing challenge of, of of us having the right place, the right ventilated areas, and I think that's an ongoing challenge in clinic as well. I do find that even with my work is in the cystic fibrosis department, you know, we're we constantly looking at ways that we can improve our environment in terms of patient safety, um, and that that's you know, I think you know, again, not unique to us, but certainly. One of the ongoing things which need to be considered with the reconfiguration project.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a huge piece of work, isn't it? And uh, we've got some moves coming up uh, in the next few months. So yeah, watch this space. Okay, well, we're sort of coming towards the end of the interview now. Um, I just wondered if there were um, any sort of final messages. Really, Um, you know, if we're looking at a a young educator, budding educator, or a, a teacher now, are there any? Sort of take home points or any sort of pointers you would ask uh, you would sort of offer them. Um.
1: yeah, I think it's just highlighting some of the things we've already mentioned, which is really you know just get involved as soon as you can. So if you've got interest, you know no, no matter what you know um aspect you c- you can get involved with you know an example using undergraduate teaching is getting involved with bedside teaching, um you know, but yeah you know, ask around. Um, you know, try and find a mentor in the department that you're working in that has an interest in education. I think that would be a really sort of um, good step forward to get more involvement in other opportunities, such as quality improvement activity and maybe more formal teaching opportunities as well. Um, you know, I think being part of our faculty focus program is is really uh, a great uh, initiative. And again, you know, through that, you know, we showcase, you know, some Really great examples um, of of good practice throughout the trust, but also you know collaborative ideas for new projects. And also we advertise you know opportunities. So I think those 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 would be sort of my top tips for anyone who wants to embark on a career um, you know allied to to medical education.
0: Well, that's brilliant. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for. Um, taking the time to come and speak to us, Chandra. um, I certainly got a better idea of some of the work that you do uh, outside of education, because I I sort of have an idea of the work you do with education. But um, yeah, and I'll I'll be interested to see how some of those plans and projects turn out. Um, So thank you very much.
1: That's Uh, great.
0: Thank uh, you. Don't forget, no problem. Um, So to our listeners, don't forget that we also have our monthly uh, faculty focused grand round style meetings where uh, you can find out what work is being done uh, by our educators in UHL. Um, They're held uh, on different days during the week, but always uh, one till two uh, in the afternoon. The dates can be found on the Department of Education website. And if you'd like to be added to the mailing list, then contact myself or Chandra uh, on the internal email uh, address book. And that's it for today. Uh, Look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Faculty Focus podcast. If you like the episode, please share with friends and colleagues. You can also like and subscribe to the show and perhaps even leave us a review. Clinical education can be tough, but we are stronger as a community. So if you have an idea for an episode or would like to come and talk to us, do get in touch via email or Twitter. Details in the show notes. The Faculty Focus podcast. Community development. Showcase.